Hey guys, this is your girl Lyra, and you're listening to Self Reflection Podcast. Hello, guys. How have you guys been? <laughs> it has been a while. You know, this is our first episode coming back. Um, you know, we are going to to continue from where we left off. So, season two of Self Reflection Podcast currently live y'all let's go (laughs) ah i have missed you guys you know i have missed creating i have missed posting you know i have missed the interaction (laughs) y'all but let me tell y'all the break was absolutely worth it you know what i'm saying taking a break and just moving things around in my own personal life has been absolutely worth it. And, you know, spending more quality time with myself and doing a lot more things that I enjoy doing has been pretty fun, you know? (laughs) So if you're out there, man, and you hit that little, you know, mark of yours and it is time for you to take a break, please kindly do so. It is healthy for you. It is good you take breaks every now and then to care for yourself. Let's get into our topic for today. Today, our lovely guest is Ms. Brianna White. Brie is a mental health therapist and a coach. While she does not provide private practice therapy at this time, she works within the community. She incorporates her education and experience of psychology and mental health as a framework for her coaching. Her coaching focuses more on education, career preparation, and skill building. With her BA in English and an MS in counseling psychology, she offers writing services from resume to college personal statement, fine-tuning your online profiles for recruiters and networking, interview strategies, workshops, and education counseling for first-time or returning students of any age going to college. Please help me welcome our lovely guest, Bree. Hi, Bree. Welcome. Thank you for joining me on Self-Reflection Podcast. Um, I am excited to have you here. Um, I, you know, I'm grateful that we got to connect with one another. And so shout out to Hensley for, for doing that. Uh, (laughs) I'm excited. Um, Can you uh, just reintroduce yourself to the audience so we can get familiar with who you are? Yeah, for sure. So thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um, so my name is Brianna, but everybody calls me Bree. Um, I work in mental health and I also have a background in education, which is kind of where I started, um, working in schools. And when I was working with students, I realized that they had bigger challenges going on. And so that's kind of what steered me into mental health. So I have worked with youth. I worked with adults, um, And so that's what I do. And I also do coaching on the side just to help people prepare for their journey into careers, their journey into education. So 
maybe an adult student returning to school for the first time, or I'm sorry, returning to school after a long time, or actually going to school for the first time, um, or even students right out of high school getting ready for college, um, and people who are trying to make a job transition who need help with their resumes or cover letters, interview prep, um, you know, and trying to figure out like, what do I want to do in my journey? So that's a little bit about me. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, yeah. I, 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 you said, you know, you, you, when you're working with students, you figure out that there, there's a more, there's a bigger challenge there. What challenge are you um, talking about? Yeah. So when we think about, uh, when we think about mental health, it's not, you know, so a lot of people just think, oh, diagnosis, diagnosis, and that is a part of it. Right. But there are also like social factors, environmental factors, family factors that go into play. And so at the time, since I was working with youth, they had a lot of things going on that was at times out of their control, right? Like things going on with family, you know, they're in areas where there's gang involvement. And so they're worried about getting home or like somebody just got locked up or somebody got diagnosed with a mental health concern and it's challenging for the family. Um, or they're just growing up and learning and, you know, they don't have anybody to help them navigate certain things. So mm -hmm. those will be some of the challenges just to give a few examples. And um, from what did you work with um, on the privileged um, youth or where what what was mm -hmm. the dynamic or geographic of the group that you were working with? Yeah, so I've mainly worked and this is both like education and mental health. Right. So like when I say education, this is where I started off with tutoring. Mm -hmm. um, so my first degree is in English and then my second degree, my master's is in counseling psychology. So um, I've worked with, I started off with high school students um, and then kind of shifted to middle school. So I work with the, both of those age groups. Yeah. Um, usually like, you know, students of color, like um, Middle Eastern, Hispanic, Latino, Black, African-American. Um, so that's usually, that's been the main population of, of clients that I've worked with um, or students that I've worked with in tutoring. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love how you're bringing your mental health um, with your coaching, combining those together. Because um, I do think, you know, working in a mental health field and learning about um, coaching, I think those two, if we can put them together, they, there's a magic that's been created. Because in the mental health field, I feel like there's things that coaches do, life coaches do that um, the mental health professionals don't do and there's certain things that I think life coaches could have that needs that mental health aspect of it so you having mm -hmm. both of those is I think it's phenomenal and it shows thank in your you. work thank you thank you for your service I you know I I think we under look and undermine like people that work in the mental health field or life coaches because mm -hmm. I think everyone that most people that do those jobs um, do it because they care for one, they care for the community okay. and they care for people. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, definitely. Sorry. Yeah. I was just saying, I definitely agree. Um, you know, if you're just going into this field thinking like, Oh, I can fix people or give advice. That's not really, you know, there may be certain situations where you have to give advice, but really that's not what, therapy is about yeah. you know so people who are going into therapy are really trying to help people make an impact make positive changes you know and grow and heal and all that stuff so you definitely have to have a caring 
empathic spirit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How have you seen, um, working in this field, how have you seen mental health evolve over time in the African-American community? So I think there is, um, I've seen a little less stigma and I think that has a lot to do with the differences of generations, right? Because, um, historically and culturally, we just know, like, you don't air out your dirty laundry in your family, right? Like you don't talk to people about what's going on in your family or what's going on in your relationship, Um, there was always this stereotype of like, oh, mental health is like a white people issue. Like that's that's something that I've heard Mm -hmm. actually from clients before or just people who have worked with, you know, um, African-American black black populations and mental health. Um, So there's a little bit less stigma now. I won't say it's completely gone, right? Because it also depends on the area and the access and still, you know, your upbringing. But I think more people are willing to give at least give therapy a try to see if it can have a positive impact on them within our community mm-hmm. um, or take some resources. So that's one way I've seen that evolve within the black African-American community. Um, there's more of us trying to get into the field as marriage and family therapists, um, social workers, so that we can have an impact on our own communities. And not mm-hmm. to say that we don't want to serve other communities as well, mm-hmm. um, but just because we know our challenges historically. So I absolutely, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, we're going to switch gears and we're going to get into the questions that <laughs> I would like to ask you today. Um, sure. So uh, my first question is, what is positive psychology and um, why is it important that we practice um, this theory? Yeah, that's a... Um, so. Just to let you know, too, with mental health, there's so many different specialties and types of therapy that can be provided. So positive psychology is one framework. There's cognitive behavioral therapy. There's EMDR. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to follow the ones that are called evidence-based practices, which means, or EVPs, which means that they've been backed by a certain amount of research and have shown consistent um decent results as far as like positive outcomes based on, you know, their modality for specific populations and individuals with specific needs. So positive psychology is one of those um, frameworks. Now, I don't like to say I'm a specialist in any particular type, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't like to, you know, because there are some people who actually get training and specific certificates um, for positive psychology. But um, there's a website called um, Mm -hmm. psychologytoday.com. Um, and I feel like it gave a really great breakdown and a more like simplistic way where you could just get the basic framework. So um, positive psychology is more of like there. It's more focused on highlighting strengths like character strengths and development and also the sense of what's going to bring you fulfillment versus just like fleeting moments of happiness. Mm. Right. So um, getting a sense of like your identity, what brings fulfillment throughout your life, purpose, you know, different things like that. So that's kind of the basic foundation of positive psychology. Um, and I think that's something we can all use for sure, Absolutely. you know. Um, I, I yeah. think so. I think so too. Um, you know, thank you for that breakdown. Um, I think, I think, I think so too, because if we, in my, I believe that we're all healers of ourselves. Um, you know, I think we all possess the the power, the knowledge, the medicine to 
heal our, our own individual self as we grow older and as we learn and acquire all this knowledge. Um, and, and I think gratitude, when we talk about positive, positive psychology, is a great stand place um, to start with. So uh, my next question to you is, what are some questions someone should or could ask themselves if they are working to have a productive day or if they want to have a productive day, what are some questions when you wake up in the morning you should be asking yourself, how can I have a productive day today? That's a great question. And I think that kind of goes like in connection with both my mental health career and also like coaching, right? Like, especially with the career focus or people in school. Um, really, if you think about productivity, it's related to a goal. So you need to think about what's the goal that I want to accomplish today? Or what's the goal that I'm trying to accomplish by the end of this week? And what do I have to do each day to meet that goal? How, you know, what in what ways do I need to be productive to meet that goal? So, you know, some people just like to be busy and have a bunch of things to do. And they think, oh, yeah, I did this and that and that. And I'm like, so what did you get? Like, what did you really accomplish? Yeah. You know, there's a difference between just being busy and like really accomplishing something by the end of the day. And I can say that from personal experience because that's how I used to be. I used to believe that, that being busy meant that I was being productive, that I was adulting the right way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but you really want to think about what's your goal. Um, cause there has to be a reason for you to have this productive day and it could be big or small. And what are the steps that you need to take to get to that goal? So that's would be, that would be the, the question I'd say like to reflect on when you start your day or even the day before. Awesome. I, I like that the day before, um, you know, planning mm-hmm. your, your next day, the night before. Um, I think that, that ha- that's helpful, especially when you're mm-hmm. doing a routine type of, uh, you ha- or when you're on a routine type of schedule. I have found, found it really helpful to plan the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do routines or are you more of a freelance type of person? No, I definitely need routine. Um, and there are some people with their personality, you know, they're more like just freestyle, like, oh, I'll just get it done today. And, mm-hmm. and some people can can function like that. I cannot. <laughs> um, so every morning um, I actually have like a little dry erase board on my wall. Like I write down what I need to do today because I know that each thing is going to lead to an accomplishment by the end of the day mm-hmm. or help me reach something by a certain time this week. Um, so I do create a routine. I create it the night before or right in the morning if I didn't get a chance to do it, um, the night before. But if you can't plan the night before, that's even better. Yeah. Um, so routine is definitely something. I also found, um, there's this concept, it's called task batching. And so it's like you do similar things all at the same time to help make your day more productive versus like just individually, like, you know, doing every little thing. So as an example, if I'm doing things at home, right? Cause Sundays is like, you know, I go to church, I have dance rehearsal, I got a meal prep for the week for work. I might have to do some work prep just to help me set up my week. Mm-hmm. Um, might need to do some cleaning. So I'm doing my laundry while I'm also doing my cookie because by the time I've done, like every, all that will be done at the same time instead of me being like, oh, let me cook and then let me start my laundry and then let me do this. And then I'm going back and forth, Yeah, you know? as an example so and that's called task basket yes um 
task task batching. That is a tongue twister. I don't know why it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I for for a young adult like myself or someone that is is still looking to, you know, find a career path for themselves. Um, what should they consider when thinking about finding that path for themselves? Right. That's a great question. And, you know, personally, like I, I struggled with this at one point. I was like, I'm not sure which way to go, like where mm-hmm. I'm supposed to navigate next. Um, there's this exercise. There's this book that I, that I like to use for career coaching. Um, and they have like this flower diagram, <clears throat> And it focuses on a few different things to consider. So what are your values and your goals in your life? Um, I really value helping people. And so that is one reason why I went into the mental health profession. I also value like learning. And so that was another thing that attracted me to education. Right. Um, And then also, what are your skills? What skill sets do you have? Because that's going to play an impact on your career options. What current knowledge do you have? Um, and do you need to get further education, whether that's like an AA degree, a BA, master's, a certificate program, mm-hmm. a trade program, you know, just yeah. depending on what you want to do. Um, think about your environment. Like what kind of work environment do you want? And what kind of people do you want to be around as far as coworkers and leadership as well? Um, maybe where you want to go, you know? Um, how much you want to make and how much responsibility you want to have. So yeah. there's a lot that people don't really think. But that's why I like this framework because it's like a biopsychosocial model of career coaching. Yes, you know? yes. Uh, and, you know, I think um, when I got out of college, I was still looking into like, you know, finding my career path and finding what I wanted to do. And when I asked a lot of my friends, a lot of us were in that same boat, even though we just graduated from yeah. college. Um, you know, it's like, what am I supposed to do now? What am I doing with my life? What career do I, like what I went to college for? Someone's not syncing with me. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem, you know, like something I would yeah. enjoy doing for a long period of time. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think what you're doing is really um, powerful because like helping people figure out their career path and asking them those deep questions that sometimes we never ask ourselves. We don't really sit and question our question our decision making a lot of times so you know Mm -hmm. as a coach asking people those questions I think it's really helpful um in in guiding them where they want to go next um yeah do you have any you want to have any more yeah yeah I was gonna say if I can add one more thing because this relates to the education and the career transition I got my bachelor's degree in English Right. So initially I wanted to become a teacher and then become a high school counselor because I just I was good at school. I liked learning. I was like that nerd kid. Like I <laughs> I think I graduated with like a three point eight in high school. Okay. So I'm like I'm like that type A overachiever. I'm not as bad anymore. I'm like, look, let me just pass grad school. OK, so um, but when I graduated and I started actually tutoring within schools through this nonprofit. And I love the nonprofit. They do great work. Um, it, it was more of like, I wasn't satisfied with what we were teaching our kids because I felt like 
they're not getting the life skills and preparation they need. Like not to say that this curriculum isn't important. I think there are other things that could have been integrated into the education system, but I can't change the whole system myself. I can make an impact. Right. And so that kind of left me stuck because my degree program in undergrad didn't prepare me to do anything else with my English degree aside from teach. Mm. And so I was thinking like, dang, if maybe I'd minored in journalism or communications or broadcasting, like I could have, you know, or did some internships with writing or something where I could have expanded my, my knowledge base that's still related to my major, but it gave me flexibility to enter different career paths Mm -hmm. coming right out of college and feel like, okay, I know at least a little bit to get my foot in the door. Like if I wanted to go into grant writing or journalism or, you know, radio or you know something like that where I could still use my education skills so really think about you know what could be you know explore what could be your career options don't just think oh I have to just do this because this is my major where could some of the knowledge from your from your major or minor service also transferable skills or knowledge within a different you know job or role but it's still related to what you're studying so it's something people don't think about because you just think, oh, I'm going to get a great job after I graduate. But then you're like, what am I supposed to do with this piece of paper? Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. 100% I agree. Um, you know, you mentioned about the nonprofit organization. What challenges do you see in, in nonprofits today? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think it's more... I mean, nonprofits, you know, it's about the funding usually, you know, because you're trying to find outside resources. You might get some government funding, you might get some uh, grants. And so it's really just keeping that going because Mm -hmm. if you don't have the funds, you're not able to provide as many resources as you might need for whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, So I feel like trying to create partnerships, like, let me tell you, like, you got to, like, my supervisors, they really try to network, they hustle, they try to get linkages with other organizations and people to create funding and partnerships because that's how they're going to be able to do the great work in the community. So that would be a challenge that I noticed. I think nonprofits do great work and they can be hard to sustain. So if you found one that's been going for years and years and years, that is awesome because some of them don't last that long or they last, but then they're very under-resourced. Do you, um, I, this is just my personal uh, question to you, but do you think the, gov- mm-hmm. um, the government um, should have more like money going into nonprofit organizations? I know when we talk about the government going into the go- um, nonprofit um, organizations, there's a little bit of politics there as well. Like, are they going to come mm-hmm. in and want to change things around? But if right. that wasn't the case here, I do you think they should be funding this organizations a little bit more i think if there could be not so much government control on what the nonprofit is right because there's a whole purpose of why they created this and so they want it to go the way they want Mm -hmm. so if that could happen i think that would be great um you know but like you said there's politics involved so sometimes you gotta you do have to compromise in some areas when you create partnerships of course or you know you have certain understandings and expectations But you don't you don't want to have to compromise everything um, to where it's not fulfilling your purpose or, you know, giving you the results that you were hoping for just to get some funding. Absolutely. I think so, too. I think so, too. And also, I think when it comes down to like mental health and nonprofit organizations, I think, um, you know, 
it's it's some somewhat challenging for people that work in that field to keep going when um you know they only have certain restrictions like they can only do certain things at certain hours like if you work you work from a nine to five job if someone is having mm -hmm. a crisis after that they have to wait till the next day to get support mm -hmm. so um you know it's a challenging feel i would say um yeah it definitely is you have to have other resources and you know some connections because we can't do, you know, some places we just can't do it all, you yeah. know, so that's when you have like maybe hotlines, you know, like suicide prevention hotline, domestic violence hotline, a crisis hotline in the county, 211 if you need some mm -hmm. immediate resources, you know, so you try to give options because there is only so much that a person or organization can do. Absolutely. Um, when it comes down to mental health, what challenges do you see um, facing our community as a whole? You know, I'll touch a little bit on when COVID first started. Like, we definitely noticed a higher percentage of people becoming depressed, um, losing their their social relationships. So there's some grief, right? There's grief because people are passing. Um, they're passing from COVID. They're passing from other illnesses, too, mm -hmm. right? And because COVID was so rampant, that was the main focus. And so maybe they didn't get the medical attention they needed for whatever pre-existing condition they had or something they developed that wasn't COVID related mm -hmm. and also just loss of your nor like your usual normal way of life. So there was a lot of depression that we saw a lack of social engagement and skills. Um, I think things are start, you know, and that's hard to say, right? Cause I'm in a certain area and I work with certain populations. So I might see some improvements within the populations that I work with, but that's not to say that it's the same everywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, I think some of the challenges um, is resources too, because not everybody can afford a therapist. Like, let's be real, you know, like not everybody can afford a private practice therapist. And so maybe you have to go through the county, but maybe the county has a wait list. And I know there's been wait lists for many counties, especially when COVID hit because of the increase of depression. Um, suicidality, all that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, the, the access, um, like there, there is a lot out there, but unless you really know how to navigate these systems, what if you don't have Wi-Fi? <laughs> like, what if that's inconsistent? And so, you know, it can be challenging, um, especially if you're not as privileged to be able to just go out and seek the therapy. Um, so I think a challenge, and maybe this is something the mental health system can work on also, it's just, trying to um, create more resources or um, like, you know, awareness that there are these resources out there for communities mm -hmm. who may not easily have the access to, it, especially rural com communities where they really don't have very much small towns, you know, they're not thinking about therapy or they don't even know that's an option probably. Absolutely. So yeah, that would be a challenge I would say in regards to access to everybody to have mental health services. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think bringing awareness in those communities would definitely would definitely be helpful for for them. Um, and you touch on having Wi Fi. It seems we we this is a you know an era where social media is no number one platform for everything. Um, you know, and um, that's how a lot of people get their messages. Um, but we don't think about it as some people just might not have, you know, Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. So 
I think the government actually finding ways to bring, you know, mental health into like the community in a more organic way that might be, be helpful as well. What are three things we should view as a win when um, at the end of our day, what, you know, because sometimes we consider wins as the goal that we were looking for or like, you know, when we set a goal, mm -hmm. did we achieve it? And that's how we look at wins and losses. But I do, in right. my opinion, I do think you can have a, a day of, you can call a day win without it being mm -hmm. of a goal focus. You know, I can have a yeah. really good day, but I didn't really, I didn't achieve the goal that I set, but yet still consider mm -hmm. that, a, that a win. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that perspective. Um, I think in this society, we're so outcome driven, like accomplishment outcome. What was the result that we take for granted the, the things that can really bring fulfillment and that's the win, right? So um, yesterday... I didn't get everything off my to-do list. Like I wrote it on my dry erase board, but I met up with a friend to have brunch for their birthday and I had some family visits. So like we hung out, to, you know, so like, well, okay, sure. I didn't get everything off my to-do list, but I really enjoyed myself. So I would say, well, one, waking up in the morning is a win. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, I've worked with clients who, have suicidal ideation, right? Because they just, they're going through so much. And so the thought of having to wake up and go through that another day, like I can only under, like, I can only imagine how tough that is yeah. for people who are going through that. Right. Um, and I think because I'm also like an optimistic person and that's <laughs> just me. Um, I also think like, well, you know what? You didn't do anything today. And there's a reason why you woke up. And there's like some strength and purpose in that. So I think that's why I say like waking up is a win, um, especially because not everybody is, you know, blessed to see every, like each day, mm -hmm. you know, you just never know. It's like, man, you woke up today. Like whether it's cold, whether it's hot, <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're you, got, you got to wake up today. Um, and, you know, you have some control to some degree over how your day is going to go. Um, and that could even be like how you handle the day. Like there might be certain things you just have to do, but how you decide to have your attitude, how you decide to navigate through that day. So I think that's something. And also feeling like I took care of myself today. Girl, that's a big one for me because mm -hmm. I used to wear myself out like, and when I wear myself out, like my body just shuts down. Like I'm like an old lady trying to walk to the couch and lay down and I'm out for like two days. Like that's what I'm doing too much. So for me, it's like, man, I woke up today. Like this is wonderful. Um, even if I'm not trying to get out of bed, because maybe I'm not trying to talk to nobody today mm -hmm. or I didn't get good sleep. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm here. I'm up. Let me just let me go about my day. And uh, I took care of myself today. I made sure I ate my lunch. I took my lunch break. You know, I pace myself. I'm going to bed at a decent time. Uh, we take that for granted because we feel like we have to burn ourselves to the ground to make it seem like we're doing well. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Um, I'd say the third thing. If you felt, I will say this, maybe you didn't accomplish everything, but you still felt it was a productive day since we're on that top, like we were on that topic mm -hmm. of productivity. Because like I said, I didn't finish everything 
everything on my list yesterday, but I felt like what I did do, I was like, you know what? This was a good day. It was a productive day. I still got some things done and I just know how to execute moving forward. Um, and that's a good feeling too. Like, you know, um, not everything has to be perfect. Yeah. And I think we need to get off this viewpoint of perfection. Like nobody is perfect. We do the best that we can and we have to acknowledge when we are doing the best that we can instead of putting that down as a negative. So Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you how do you keep yourself motivated? Girl, I'm <laughs> some days I'll be like, I'm not trying to get up today. <laughs> Um, I, I think it's a push, though. Every day it's a push. You have to wake up and tell yourself, yeah. all right, today, let's get it done. Let's do this. Let's do that. Every day is a push. Yeah. So how do you keep yourself motivated and inspired? Because I every time I've talked to you, it has been a pleasant conversation. You know, it's been oh, uplifting. So I'm like, good spirit, good vibe. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I think... Well, this is personally for me. I think it has a lot to do with my spiritual faith too, right? Because um, I never thought I was going to be a therapist. Like I said, I thought I was going to be a teacher. And then I'm like, what the heck am I doing in this program? Like, I didn't realize it was going to be hard. Why am I doing I have a purpose, right? Um, I really, um, I think I have a gift of trying to help people. And that's not to say like, I'm the best person for everybody, um, cause I may, you know, I may not be, I might be the only therapist that's available at the time. You just, get, <laughs> we got to make it work. Um, but I feel like God has steered me into a purpose. And so I try to just keep that in mind. Like, you know what, this, these things that I'm doing, they might be, they might keep me busy or they, they might be challenging, especially with mental health. You're hearing a bunch of stuff like people's traumas and all that. And I'm yeah. thinking, you know what, I have purpose this is going to take me somewhere and I'm going to be able to contribute to other people, like plant that seed so that they can start to blossom. So that's what keeps me motivated. Um, I think too, I'm a first generation college student, you know, so my parent, my, my mom started at a community college, but when my grandmother got ill, she decided to stop and take care of her. So I'm, you know, the only one that, has went to college and finished and I have two degrees. And so I try to keep in mind, like I'm trying to create some new like generational patterns and break like generational, you know, curses or whatever you want to call them. That's yeah. usually the phrase, you know, I have like little cousins that I like try to, you know, be a role model for. And so I try to like keep those things um, as motivation. Like if I'm struggling to do it just for me because I'm worn out or tired, I think, okay, well, what would I tell my clients to do? Or what would I want my little cousins to do? Like, you know, I try to be that model. Because mm -hmm. um, life gets life gets hard, you know. Yeah. And um, sometimes if you put it in the perspective of what I'm doing is going to make a difference to somebody else, it does kind of help push you a little bit more if it's hard to just push yourself for your for yourself, you mm -hmm. know. Absolutely. I agree. Um, you know, I love that. Thank you. Um, when he, when it comes down to like caring for yourself, um, because I know the feel you're in, it's challenging. Um, when it comes down yeah. to just taking care of your own, for, of your own mental health, what do you do to, you know, keep you grounded and keep you whole? I like to use mantras. So especially like after the first COVID year and the, the shift we had to make, like mm -hmm. everybody had to learn how to do telehealth. Like I said, not everybody had Wi-Fi. So the school was trying to set up Wi-Fi or we were teaching 
kids had to set up a hotspot because they didn't have Wi-Fi. So if they had a cell phone, they might have a hotspot. Like it was just a lot. Yeah. And so coming into the next year, I was I created a mantra for myself to be like, you know, this is what I can handle, blah, blah, blah. Um, so mantras helped me. I actually have an app um, where it sends me positive affirmations like three times a day. Um, and that stuff be spot on. No, like I'll I be know. feeling some way. I did too. I'm like, yeah. Right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's something that helps me. Um, I go, I'm very active. I go to the gym um, three days a week, but I also, I do dance too. So that's two, mm-hmm. two days a week. So I'm, I'm working out like five to six days a week. And I, I usually do it after work because that's my time to decompress. Mm-hmm. I might like walk and read a book. I might do a hard workout. Um, and it's good for my physical health too, right? So it clears my mind. It's healthy for my body. Um, and I make time to spend time with my loved ones and spend time for myself. Like sometimes I might need a movie date by myself or I go take myself out to brunch and just read a book for a little bit, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, or I get together with some friends. So you got to keep your social network. Um, you got to do things just for you and you have to take care of your, not just your mental health, but your physical health too. Cause those are interconnected. If I'm not getting enough sleep, if I'm not, taking care of my body, that's going to affect my mood, that's going to affect my energy, that's going to affect my work performance, that's going to affect the people that I'm trying to have an impact on. So, Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when you were talking about the apps and it sending you, you know, mm-hmm. affirmations and like reminder, you know, I connect with that really uh, deeply because I have an app that sends me quotes as well. Even though I write yeah. quotes, I have an app that, you know, reminds me because I look at it as meditation as, you know, or I can right. connect it with meditation. It's like when I listen to meditation or when I read those affirmations or those quotes, it's like somebody else is giving me encouragement. Somebody else mm-hmm. is talking to me. Somebody else is trying to uplift me, you know. So that's what I connect that with. And I really relate with that. Yeah. Um, college students are about to graduate. Um, you know, this mm-hmm. schools are about to be over. Um, bringing it back to your career, um, what advice would you give um, a young, you know, college student that's graduating and about to enter the workforce? Right. Oh, gosh, I feel like I have a lot of advice, <laughs> but I'm going to try to keep that brief. We need um, it. We need all of yeah. it. Like, I'm serious because a lot yeah. of us comes out and just like fumble and, you know, don't really know where we're standing, don't really know where we're going. And then we put this, put a lot of pressure on ourselves. It's like, what am I doing? I'm a adult. I'm supposed to already know where mm-hmm. to go. I'm supposed to have this. I just graduated in, you know, just fumbling back and forward and not knowing that, yeah. oh, we actually need support as well and guidance during this time. Mm-hmm. That is very true. I mean, because if you're thinking about a traditional undergraduate, they're between 22 to maybe 24, like maybe let's say they start a year late or they, you know, their major took an extra year. Mm-hmm. So they're graduating between 22 and 24 mm-hmm. at the latest, I would say. And Yes, we're adults, but what have we been doing our whole lives? We've been in school. We've had other people telling us what to do. So how can we expect, you know, like, how do you expect us to completely know how to navigate this next stage all on our own? Um, Unless you've had like some career coaching or that resource at your school, some career preparation. Um, I would say if you first off, I would say if you need to move back home, 
to take time and think about what it is you want to do or because it helps financially because your education was so expensive. Do not have any shame in doing that. Like there, there's so many people who do that and who need to do that. Um, that might allow you to help your family. It might help you catch up financially. It might even give you time to travel and explore other interests. And that can help you get into like, oh, okay, I think I want to pursue this as a career. Mm-hmm. So like just eliminate that shame. You know, you do what you have to do for you and don't let other people make you feel bad for doing that. Um, so that's one thing. I would also say um, it's okay to take your time. If you don't get into a career right after you graduate, that's fine. Maybe you work a few like jobs just to see where your niche is, to see what you're interested in, um, what kind of environment you like. Maybe you just want to work and travel for a little bit and then get into a career. That's fine too. Yeah. Um Maybe you still need a little extra time to build up into that career. And maybe that starts with you just having a decent job where you can take care of yourself and still have a good quality of life until you figure out what's my next move. Do I need to do anything else to get there? Like, do I need to get another degree or a certification or something? Mm -hmm. Um, So be okay with that too. And I'll say this in your last semester, for sure, at least like your last year, try to network, um, don't get involved in so many things, right? Because you already have a lot to balance academically. You're probably working. You may even have a family. Like, that happens that you have to support. So you do want to network and create a balance of an extracurricular activity, like a club or an internship or something, some type of group where you can make connections uh, because that's what's going to help you once you graduate. I've heard so many people say, you know, they graduated, they got this, they don't know what to do. They don't have any references when they start applying for jobs because they didn't keep in touch with their professors. They didn't develop relationships. They didn't network in their clubs, um, you know, and that they have no prior work history. They don't even have coworkers, you know, <laughs> coworkers that they could be like, oh, can you be a reference? So yeah. get involved in college. If you waited a little while, like at least get involved in one thing, Um you know, during your, your last year, that can kind of help you create some references and networking opportunities. So I'd say that's a pretty good way to start. That would be like the top three things that come to my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I also um, want to ask you, how important is it to have conversations with yourself um, when it comes down to like our mental health, understanding ourselves? And, you know, building a deeper connection with who we are. Because you're the one person that you spend a lot of time with. That's true. It's There's a difference between talking to yourself like you hearing things and ain't nobody else there. (laughs) That's different. Yes. And I've I've seen that too, you Mm -hmm. know, versus like you're you're thinking and reflecting out loud. Or for some people, it's through journaling. Or some people do uh, voice memos or something when they just need to get all their thoughts out but you know in this society we're very like individualistic and some people are more collectivist and mm-hmm. I think there's a way to find a healthy balance with both so I feel like I have that balance um because I do try to find ways to grow um and take care of myself and meet my needs and I also know that I love my family I love my friends and if I can be the best version of myself by taking care of myself I can be I can really contribute to this collective community that I've developed and grown Mm -hmm. to love. So, um, you know, that's something for people to keep in mind too. It's okay to self-reflect. 
Yeah. We should because we're going through several different stages of our lives. We're going through, we're around different people, different environments. We go through things. And so, I mean, you should be self-reflecting during certain periods. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a strength because it shows that you want to be um, a better version of yourself. You want to grow. You want to heal mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you need. But you need something. We all need something. Absolutely. You know, we, we don't want to dismiss ourselves. Yeah. 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 How do you how do you set um, healthy boundaries around, you know, protecting your peace and still being there for your family and not mm-hmm. allowing people to cross that gray line? Right. And, you know, I won't say that I'm perfect at it because I think it comes and goes in waves. Mm-hmm. So when things kind of like hit me really hard, whether it's work related or personal, like you know, life just throws you that curveball. Yeah. Then I start to notice like, oh, shoot, my boundaries are like not as strong as they were. Let me get back to where it was. So and that's OK, too. Like as, as long as you can recognize it before it gets too bad, <laughs> that's good. Um, set boundaries for when you're done with work, like when you're going to start, when you're done. Um, set boundaries for when you can spend time with people and when you need time for yourself, like. I tell people, don't call me after five because I just talk to people all day and yes. I'm not trying to talk to nobody Monday through Friday. Like, you know, unless it's a specific reason we need to have a call. But I try to limit if I have a weekday call, girl, we talking for no more than 30 minutes Yeah, because I'm trying to decompress myself. And that's what I need to do to get through the rest of the day and take care of myself. Um, you know, um, I have to, and because I'm like this overachiever type too, I'm like, oh, let me just do one more thing. Let me do one more thing. Mm-hmm. And I have to like set an alarm, be like, oh, alarm went off. All right, send that email and close the laptop, yeah. you know, because then you're working all night and you'd be like, did I eat dinner? I didn't make it to the gym. I'm too tired now, you know? So um, know what you need to be able to take care of yourself and get through the day and then create your boundaries around that. There might even be certain people you can't be around all the time or talk to all the time and that doesn't mean you don't care about them you just know how to protect your peace like maybe you see them at you know every so often or when you talk it's like under these circumstances Mm -hmm. um and that's okay that's fine yeah you know i agree 100 percent. i agree i think setting boundaries and knowing your limitations is it's super healthy and just picking Mm -hmm. yourself sometimes all the time i would say but picking yourself and you know protecting your your peace your mental health i think that is all important and it all starts with you being not self-centered but self but selfish with yourself and your time yeah and i you know i like to say um being selfish it you know there are some people who can be selfish right and and that is um, when what they're doing is having a negative impact on somebody else. But then there's also this version of selfish where it's actually self-love. Yeah. Right. And that's different. Um, so when people try to make you uh, feel bad, oh, you're being selfish. Am I really being selfish or am I doing something that's actually good for me? Like, is what I'm doing really hurting you? Because some people, they've gotten comfortable. And so, you know, they're like, oh, you're not doing what I want you to do. You're not enabling what I want or my Mm -hmm. habit, but really in the long run, that's probably going to be a positive for that person. And it's good for you. So Mm -hmm. there's a difference between being selfish and loving yourself or having self love for sure. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for dropping by. Thank you for spending time with me. Um, you know, I feel like every time, like I said, we had a conversation, it's been a blast. Um, is there any final words that you would like to share? Um, I know we bounce around on t a lot of different topics. Um, we didn't yeah. really have a specific, you know, thing to that we wanted to hone in, but I think it was, it was necessary because, um, I'm trying to find a way where I can support my peers and, you know, find mm -hmm. someone else to bring their advice and their professional advice to, to them. Um, and I wanted to, I know you have a lot, you, you juggle a lot, you wear a lot of hats. So I was trying to pick from every single one of them, you know, trying to go back and forward. So I was trying to suck up all the knowledge you have, Brie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, oh, shoot. Did my screen just go dark? No, it went to your picture. So we still have okay. your um, <laughs> pretty like, face on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, sorry, that might be just technical issues, Wi-Fi or something. Um, no but no, I appreciate you having me um, on. And yeah, we did touch on different things, but um, we focused <laughs> on mental health. Um, career transition and preparation, how your mental health also is related to your career, um, productivity, your personal productivity and self-care. Like those are all the things I love to talk about. So yeah. um, I hope that people find it helpful. Um, I do have an Instagram page. I have a website. I feel like my Instagram page has more, uh, more traffic and I like to provide resources and tips um, so, you know, if you want to get some more information or learn about my services, you can follow me at EWC underscore by BY Miss Bree, M-S-B-R-E, um, or visit, um, EWC by Miss Bree.com. So you can, my number is on there. My Google voice, not my real number because that's my boundary. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can text me, you can call me, um. But I, I enjoy being here. I hope this is helpful. I could definitely share <clears throat> more tips and resources on how to be productive work-wise as a college student. Um, some of y'all getting ready to graduate, so you might need some interview prep yes. <laughs> or resume building. For those that are getting ready to start their senior year of high school, you should be reaching out to people over the summer, right at the beginning of the school year for your personal statements and applications and all that. So you know, just get ready, prepare, but take care of yourself. And I'm, I'm happy that I could give a little something to contribute today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Two uh, positive affirmations you want to share right now. This is. Oh, okay. So I would say the first one is I'm enjoying the journey. That's, a, that's one because I, I get very focused on, I want to do this. I want to be here. Like enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say another one, kind of what we said earlier, um, being selfish can be a form of self-love. So Absolutely. I'll end with those two. Thank you, Bree. Thank you for joining me on Self-Affection Podcast. Thank you for stopping by and sharing your knowledge with us, um, you know, giving us your time. We truly appreciate it, you and grateful for your time and for all what you do. 
So just a quick recap on what we talked about today. We talked about positive psychology and how that is important for your overall well-being. And then the second thing was, what are some questions you should be asking yourself when it comes to having a productive day? The third thing we talked about is taking um, steps towards your goal and how you can measure that. Also, Bree mentioned task basking. Um, you know, that is when you do multiple things at one time. Like she mentioned, when you're cleaning, you can be, you know, cooking at the same time and doing laundry at the same time. That way, when you are done, everything is done all at the same time. The fourth thing is considering what type of job or career path you want to take. Um, considering your values, um, the amount of money you want to make, the environment you want to be in. Fifth thing was some challenges we see in our mental health um, system today um, in the Black community and in the general population. Last but not least, how do we you know, classify our day? How do we say today was a win, today was a successful day? Um, what gives us that fulfillment. So I want to thank Brie again for coming by and sharing her knowledge with us and going through, you know, this process with us and just trying to support us to have productive days um, ahead of us. I appreciate everyone for joining me on Self-Reflection Podcast. I appreciate you for listening. Um, You know, if this is your first time coming across Self-Reflection Podcast, You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Overcast, and the link is on my Instagram bio. You can find me at Lyra, L-I-R-A underscore N-D-I-F-O-N. I put out daily quotes on my Instagram, so come on down, get some motivational quotes, um, some inspirational quotes, you know, share your comments um, on there as well. You know, I welcome feedbacks. I welcome comments. And if you're looking to collab with me, please send me a DM on Instagram. Again, my Instagram name is Lyra, L-I-R-A underscore N-D-I-F-O-N. I love y'all. I hope you guys have a blessed day. I hope you continue to take care of yourself, love yourself, be kind, and be gentle with yourself. Until next time, you're listening to Self-Reflection Podcast, and this is your girl, Lyra. Ta-da!